We did a lead magnet, which was 47 convenient meals from the supermarket, which was literally go into Woolworths, buy these four products and throw a meal together. And these four products are healthy and are great for you to use and are really easy. That's been fantastic. We've actually generated nearly 1,400 leads in the last month who've gone onto our mailing list from downloading that. Welcome to Marketing Builder, the show where you'll get lots of little bricks of marketing advice to help you build up your marketing and your business. Drawing on over 20 years of marketing experience, your host, Daniel Oyston, will dive into a topic and provide you with short, sharp and to-the-point marketing advice that you can apply to your marketing straight away. Welcome to Marketing Builder. Let's get on with the show. Yo, legends, pumped to have you joining me for this episode and also Kate Freeman. That's the voice you heard right at the start of the show. Kate started a nutrition blog and it was pretty popular. So popular, in fact, it made her think about whether after her son reached kindergarten age and was heading off during the day, if she should return to her government job or press on and see if she could build a nutrition business. That was in 2012 and now in 2019 the Healthy Eating Hub boasts two locations in Canberra, Australia, a team of 10 and a really strong social media following with a Facebook page that has 15,000 followers. As you'll hear soon, the Healthy Eating Hub isn't into fads and diets. In fact, you very quickly come to realize when you hear from Kate that Kate and the team are all about keeping it real for real people. And those real people include three specific audiences, the worried well, the busy time poor families, and the unwell or sick. The worried well are people who are really interested in health and wellness and their fitness. They exercise regularly and they like to take all the different supplements. They read health blogs, but they're still really confused with so much conflicting information out there. So the Healthy Eating Hub's goal is to clear up the confusion so they can be consistent with their eating habits and achieve what they want to achieve with their health and well-being. The second group is the busy, time-poor family. I can relate to that one. Mostly mums, but definitely some dads in there as well because we can't give the kids chicken nuggets every night. Often they are professionals working full-time with kids and lots of family commitments like obviously school but then there's soccer and football and dancing and hip-hop and swimming lessons and homework and all this sort of stuff and they want to feed their kids healthy foods but they themselves are usually struggling from a weight perspective but they want to feel better and more energized themselves. However, they struggle to prioritize themselves and their nutrition and they just lack inspiration in the kitchen. There's only so much you can do with mints. Finally, there is the unwell or the sick. And this group has ailments like diabetes, liver disease. Maybe they've had some heart attacks. They may have some gastrointestinal upsets or allergies and intolerances. And this group needs some really strong clinical help and support in managing their diet. Before we get into the show too much, I wanted to let you know of something that will be happening throughout each and every episode like this one where we're going to catch up with a business owner and that is the marketing nuggets. So whenever I think there is a really great point that the guest makes and we should be focusing on it, you'll hear this. Attention, attention, marketing nugget. And that's a signal that I'm about to take some time out of the chat to reinforce or explain something in a little more depth or add some marketing rigor and explanation around it or offer a tip or some advice to help you. So keep an ear out for them. Now, as a layperson, I often think nutritionists are only into the super-duper healthy foods like activated almonds and kale, so I was a bit surprised with the answer after I started out by asking Kate what type of food best describes you. 
don't really want to pick just one food because I like lots of foods. And so I would describe myself as a buffet. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. All the foods, all the foods in different combos, in different ways. You never know what you're going to (laughs) get. I I like that answer. I was hoping for carrot or chicken nugget, but we'll accept buffet. Now, there's lots of businesses out there that are in the same space. They offer nutritional help. What makes a healthy eating hub different? We are actually really making ourselves different in the market by helping people form a more long-term perspective with their nutrition and help them develop habits uh, one at a time. So most nutrition programs or, you know, diets or different um, places that you can go and get help really encourage people to change everything about their diet all at once, you know, like follow this meal plan or cut out all the carbs or do something and change everything all at once. Whereas we encourage people to just focus on one small part of their diet and repeat that, get really good at it and then move on to the next thing so that it's actually sustainable and realistic for them. It does sound like a great differentiator. It's something that I think people can get their head around, particularly if they haven't really been engaged in this space it, it's almost small steps small medium and long-term goals so that they can pun in, intended take a bite out of the first one and then digest that and move on kate business owners have a lot of balls to juggle when it comes to getting things done particularly small and medium businesses there's the finance there's the people there's the legal side there's the it and of course the marketing but in the cold hard light of day everyone has to prioritize we don't have unlimited resources time or money or staff how much of a priority do you place on marketing compared to the other areas of your business yeah that's such a good question because it's actually changed recently so up until a couple of months ago it was a priority, but in terms of time, I probably only spent the equivalent of maybe half a day's work on it a week because I was still having a full client load. So I still saw clients and then had my staff to manage and then, you know, things like the finances and bills and pays and everything. Um, so, but in the last couple of months, I've really sort of understand that if I don't get the marketing right and if I don't get new leads and make more sales that we will cease to exist as a business. So I now probably spend, I reckon, about 60 to 70% of my time on marketing, like check trying to get metrics in place and um, test different things and, yeah, really be a little bit more strategic about it rather than a bit machine gun-ish. So those things that you've been doing for a while and now with a little bit more time on your hands to be able to test some things what's been what's been the most successful marketing tactic that you've employed the one that you just think oh we could not do without that definitely social media so we have used that from the very beginning because the business really started because I started a blog and a social media page and and so that's where we've grown and then from there it was people started asking for help with their nutrition and then I thought, oh, I could make some money out of this as well and make a business out of it. So social media has really grown with us and it it helps us understand our market too because we like having that conversation, I guess, with people. And so, yeah, the posts that I do on social media where I ask questions like tell me about your biggest barriers or let's, you know, explore why this is really hard, like that really 
conversational social media post is vital. I think if you just bombard them with stuff like content, which they love as well, which is really good all the time, I don't know, it gets a bit old. Whereas whenever we do a post that is asking them to talk with us or engage with us, that always does a lot better. So I think we'll always do that on social media and and I guess act like we're real people on because we are on the other end of the keyboard, you know, rather than a, a social media page where people are like, is, you know, anyone actually listening on the other side? While Marketing Builder is the name of this podcast, it's also the name of an awesome product that can help you sort through all the fluff of marketing advice out there and focus on the important stuff. Marketing Builder is a card-based system supplemented by online video lessons that walks you through, step-by-step, the most important things in a marketing plan, such as buyer personas, pipeline analysis, objectives, strategy, goals, budgets, and the fun and sexy stuff, the marketing tactics. And there's over a hundred of them for you to consider using. The card sorting process results in a visual representation of your marketing, where you can easily see how people will engage with your marketing as they move from awareness through to a customer or client. Whether you're a small business owner trying to develop a marketing plan that you can actually use and are confident in on that very limited budget, or a seasoned marketer wanting others in your organization to have real buy-in and engagement with your marketing, then Marketing Builder is perfect for you. Visit marketingbuilder.net for more information. Now, the reason you're listening. Let's head back to the show. I always love hearing about businesses that are doing awesome marketing. So if you know of anyone we should be talking about or talking to, just let me know. But I also love hearing from listeners just like you. So hit me up on Twitter. Seriously, like right now, jump on Twitter and let me know where you are and what you are doing and what episode you're listening to. I would love to hear from you. So hit me up on Twitter using at MKTBLD and I'll definitely respond and say hi. Unless you're driving, you should wait. So on social media, what channels do you use? And those ones where you're trying to have a conversation with your audience seem to do really well. Is there any particular type of content in those conversational posts that you find really resonates with your audience? There are. So we focus on Facebook and Instagram. We've got Twitter as well, but we haven't. I have found that that's not worthwhile. So we don't really do much on that besides automatically post blogs and recipes when that publishes on the website. That just happens automatically. Um, So on Facebook, we find that we do content, I think content around being time poor, uh, content around um, convenient, easy meals that are are healthy and, um, and content around like pressure that people feel. And I guess the best way to explain that is I think that there is this high expectation these days with social media to like look a certain way, you know, like healthy is supposed to look like you're supposed to be really lean and have a six pack and cascading blonde ponytail. And I'm not ticking many of those boxes, Kate. No, me neither. Me neither. (laughs) And I think, and there's also, you know, like a healthy meal has to be, you know, this this kale feels nourished bowl with activated charcoal. And I think that <laughs> it's just, it also feels a bit too much where sometimes I say to a client, I'm like, if you are busy 
and you don't have time for dinner and you're on your way home from soccer training, just go into Woolworths, buy a bag of pre-chopped stir-fried vegetables that are raw, go and get some of those salmon fillets, get a packet of like brown rice vermicelli noodles and literally you can pull a stir-fry together with some soy sauce and honey and you can make it in 10 minutes. And they're like, oh, really, is that healthy? And you're like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't have to, you know, and I think just like breaking down those high expectations. So when we put that kind of content online, like we did a, um, a lead magnet, which was 47 convenient meals from the supermarket, which was literally go into Woolworths, buy these four products and throw a meal together. And these four products are healthy and are great for you to use and are really easy. Um, and that's been fantastic. It's We've actually generated nearly 1,400 leads in the last month who've gone onto our mailing list from downloading that through Facebook. Attention, attention, marketing target. I think sometimes as businesses, we kind of forget that our target audience often doesn't know as much as we do. We spend all day with our heads in a certain space, a certain industry, and we understand it deeply. Of course we would. We live and breathe it day in, day out. But then we go and communicate with lay people or people that don't know as much as we do and we kind of forget that they don't understand everything as deeply as us they don't get it as quickly so don't be scared to almost dumb down your content and communications a little and break things down into more basic parts for your audience you might be surprised how it resonates with them that's a great tactic there by Kate. Ebooks and lead magnets like that are great because they are usually evergreen, meaning they stay valuable to your audience for a really long time, maybe even forever. And they are in-depth content pieces that demonstrate your expertise. Demonstrating your expertise builds trust with your audience and people buy off people they trust. The key here for Kate is gating the content. So gating content means putting it behind a form or a gate that people have to travel through to be able to access it. So here, it's a form on a website and people provide their details in return for the ebook. Then Kate puts them into her database and adds them to her regular communications. Gathering contact information like this is very important because... Essentially, people are giving you permission to contact them. You just need to use that permission wisely. You speak about the ebook and and you're driving people to that through lead magnets with social media posts. You've got the blogs, you've got your website, obviously, where the blog lives and your social media posts. Do you execute any traditional, i.e. non-digital marketing tactics that have been really successful for you? And if so, why do you think they are successful when so much advice is around the importance of digital marketing? I actually haven't. Like I've never done a print ad. I've never done TV or radio or a newspaper ad. Any workshops that you've run for people that they turn up to? Yeah, we've tried workshops and we find we're hard to draw a crowd to. So we do a post that say, who would be interested in coming to a workshop on blah topic? And heaps of people would be like, yeah, that'd be great. And then you put it out there and then no one actually comes. The only traditional marketing I ever tried like back in the day was I paid $800, which back then felt like so much money, <laughs> to, to put my logo on, you know, the little thing that they staple your prescription drug thing to? You know, when you go and you fill a prescription, yeah, they're like, put your logo on the back of that, you know, because everybody has those and they put them on their fridge, you know, their prescriptions and stuff. Anyway, so I did that and then 
it wasn't until a week later that I'm home staring at a prescription on our fridge for my son's Ventolin. And we had it on the fridge with the prescription facing out. So the logo on the back for whatever company was on the back promoting, you couldn't see it anyway. And I was like, that's such a dumb idea. And I just paid $800 for that. <laughs> well, sometimes we do need to try some of those things. And and, and we and that's sometimes in marketing, we, we think something's going to be amazing and it turns out to be a dud. And there's other times where we think, hmm, I'm really not sure about this. And for some reason, and we can't explain why, it just seems to really resonate with people and do well. So humor can be a really effective element in marketing, but a lot of businesses, they shy away from it. I know you don't shy away from it. And I remember a video a few years ago <laughs> where you were throwing Easter eggs into the bushes and then hunting them out and claiming that that must make them paleo. Do you think that taking <laughs> yeah. work seriously but not taking yourself too seriously helps your marketing in your business? I think it helps me because that being quite true to my personality and because I would say that I am someone who cares deeply about a number of things in my life, but the way I approach those things is through humour. There's sometimes I wonder when I am a bit silly, when I think, I wonder if people are like, I am not seeing that nutritionist because she's nuts. But I guess the people I have attracted through that, they resonate with me. So I guess in the end, it actually works out well because I attract the kind of client who I want to work with and they want to work with me. And in the end, that's the best kind of client anyway. And if people don't like the humor that I do online, they're not going to be my client, which is fine. And they're probably not the best client for me anyway. So I guess I've come to terms with the fact that by being a certain personality online that I might polarize my audience a bit, but that that's not necessarily a bad thing so long as I'm resonating to the audience that I'm trying to target, I guess. We spoke about some offline uh, non-traditional marketing that you tried that didn't work with the prescription magnets. You've spoken about some social stuff. Has there been any marketing that you've tried, either traditional or, or more digital stuff that just didn't work that you think, wow, that was a real dud? It's probably taken me maybe, oh, maybe two years of trial and error with Facebook ads. And certainly the first Facebook ads I tried didn't work very well and because I didn't really understand them and how to do it. And I've just, over the years, just kept asking questions of people who have done it before or done like a little marketing course or something like that. And I... I'm slowly like filling in the puzzle of how they work and I don't actually think I still fully understand them but at the moment like I've got an ad running for our lead magnet um, and it's costing me around 32 to 40 cents per conversion. So every time someone um, downloads the lead magnet and goes on my mailing list it costs me 34 cents which I feel is pretty good. Attention, attention, marketing nugget. Kate thinks that 32 to 40 cents to convert someone from an ad to downloading that ebook is pretty good. And she's right for her business. 
For you though, when you are looking at marketing tactics that require a direct spend like digital advertising, the key to ask yourself is, what is an average customer worth to me? For example, if an average customer is worth $20 and you're spending $1 per conversion from a digital ad, then that return is probably okay. It's not great if you're spending a dollar converting and only making $1.50 because there's lots of other costs that impact your margins. However, if your clients are worth, say, $3,000 on average and you're spending just a few dollars converting them, then that's amazing. It's outstanding. But a word of warning, all that is happening here is they are firstly visiting your site. So you still need to get them to take action when they get to your site. So you can run all the digital ads you want, but if you don't convert them when they get to your site, it's not probably a real conversion, i.e. they need to provide their details. Then even if they do provide their details, they are simply going on a database. So you really do need to think about how you are going to nurture and then convert those people once they are on your database. Kate, what do you do to keep up with your competitors and what they're doing? Oh, that's a really good question. There's a part of me that actually doesn't like doing competitor analysis. (laughs) My mentors in the acceleration program at the moment want me to do one. And I... I don't like it because it makes me insecure. (laughs) Do that whole comparison thing. And then if I drink wine, then I get depressed and then I'm like, they're all better than me. Anyway, (laughs) I go down a spiral. So um, so I need to be careful with my emotional state with that. But I do try and stay across what I feel are the key players in my market that they're doing. But I do find if I spend too much time on it, it stifles my own creativity because I think that to be good, I have to do what they're doing. Whereas I think I've got a pretty good idea of, of, of how I want to help people with their nutrition and it is a little bit unique. And so I, I, I do find that if I give myself enough distance and just genuinely think about what's the best way to help my customer with their goals, that I'm a bit, I just find my creativity flows that little bit better. But at the same time, I would be silly to com- be completely ignorant. So I just, I don't know, I follow them and just keep a, an eye on, on the different things that they're doing. But at the end of the day, I actually find that my best way is just focusing on my own innovation and thinking about my client and my customer and really listening to them and being going, okay, well, what can I do to help solve that problem for them? I think anybody listening to that would would really resonate because I agree, watching your competitors too much and potentially just following what they do and and doing the things that they do and the messaging that they uh, deploy doesn't necessarily mean that they're seeing a lot of success just because they're doing that. So absolutely focusing in on your own target audience is, is what every business should do. Most of your eyes on your business and, and, and your own backyard and maybe just a sideways glance to your competitors every now and again. Kate, that's a great chat. Kate Freeman, Managing Director and Nutritionist, thanks for coming on the show and sharing the Healthy Eating Hub's marketing experiences. No worries. Thanks for having me. 
That's a wrap for episode two. I've been your host, Daniel Oyston, and it's been amazing having you listen to the show. And I trust you got lots of value out of hearing from Kate and all about the Healthy Eating Hub's marketing. You can find out more about the Healthy Eating Hub. Maybe grab that super cool lead magnet Kate spoke about by heading to healthyeatinghub.com.au. And you'll find links at the bottom of their site to their Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube profiles. In fact, if Kate's experiences in using the ebook as a lead magnet sounds like something you want to learn more about, maybe you think it could help your business potentially, you want to learn a little bit more about it, why not head to the site and grab it so you can feel what it is like to go through the process as a website visitor. Great free research for you from somebody that's doing it really successfully. Loved this episode. Awesome. Make sure you don't miss the next one and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. I'd also love to hear from you on what marketing you are crushing, or maybe you're finding it tough at the moment. Maybe you just want to ask me a question. Big one, little one, I don't mind. So please connect with me on LinkedIn. Just search for Daniel Oyston or follow Marketing Builder on Facebook, Twitter, or the Gram. Just search for Marketing Builder or the handle MKTBLD. Until next time, may your marketing be awesome. And I look forward to you joining me on the next episode of Marketing Builder. developed, hosted, and produced by Daniel Oyston from Content Grasshopper, the creator of Marketing Builder. Marketing Builder is the easy-to-use, step-by-step card-sorting system for cutting through all the marketing fluff out there and to help you build a marketing plan you are actually on board with. For more information, visit marketingbuilder.net or contentgrasshopper.com.au. Thanks for listening.